Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Now, Joni is the CEO of the business called Resilient People. And in a nutshell, she helps people to bounce forward after setbacks, challenges, or adversity. Joni currently lives her dream and does this in various ways. Firstly, as an executive coach, working one-on-one with individuals, as a behavioral strategist, maximizing team cohesion in the new hybrid world of work, and of course, as a keynote speaker, sharing simple biohacks to help all of us learn how to bounce forward. In fact, when Joni describes her purpose on the planet, she says, I help people boost their energy, mental and emotional agility. And I do this by sharing simple, actionable biohacks to enable people to bounce forward after challenges so that they can live their most optimal life. So Joni, that is quite an introduction and welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much, Karen. Let's uh, bounce forward together, you and I. Fantastic. So great purpose that you have there. And uh, tell me a little bit about how you, how you practice this in your own life. If we're going to talk about sleeping our way to the top, I think that should be all of our priority. And I unashamedly, Kieran, if people are staying late, I'll say, you've got homes to go to, off you go. <laughs> I've got bed to go to. So I uh, I really embarrass my husband and my children, and I don't care. It's a, it's a complete priority for me. And mainly because it's just, it's the foundation for everything. It is much more important than how you eat, what you eat, when you eat, you know, what exercise you do. If you can't sleep and you don't sleep well, then your brain doesn't function well and your entire body, your immune system doesn't function well. Fantastic. So while we're on that topic, so you've explained a little bit about that, but why is sleep the actual key to bouncing forward? What is so important about sleep? It's really vital for our survival. You know, all of our biological functions actually, you know, kind of tune in and integrate while we sleep. And all of this happens while we sleep. You know, we we don't think about that. Our body may be at rest, but our brain, as a very complex organ of trillions of cells, is very hard at work while we sleep. So I just say to people, you know, if you really want to thrive and survive, I know it's a term we use often, sleep is when a lot of things happen that need to happen physiologically, uh, both in your body and your brain. Fantastic. And you're involved in a number of professional bodies that have been set up to advance our knowledge on the importance of sleep, or at least understand the effects of sleep, which must expose you to a lot of the research out there. Tell us what we know scientifically about sleep at the moment, and what does the current research say? Yeah, I find it so interesting because new things are coming up all the time. I'm just so fortunate to be part of a lot of these associations. You speak to people, neuroscientists that I love, are guys that are and girls that are like in their mid-60s, and they say, hey, Joni, we've just learned this a few months ago. I love those kinds of conversations because we really are, the amount of data coming out is just absolutely exponential at the moment. So if I go back 20 years, let's rewind. We didn't know 20 years ago that we could grow new brain cells on a daily basis. And I keep on telling myself that in my mid-50s, I'm growing new brain cells on a daily basis. But Karen, if we link it back to sleep, um, some of the science is showing that on a daily basis, it does not matter how clean your eating is and how clean your lifestyle is. You collect these harmful toxins. 
So what does sleep do? And I always use the so that when I look at research and science and I speak to scientists, I say, so what, so that? And uh, they go, yes, Joni, harmful toxins need to be cleared from your brain while you sleep because we need to minimize the risk of Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's, you know, starts today and you only start feeling the effects 30 years from now. So that is something that terrifies me is uh, those kinds of brain diseases. The other science that we're looking at is um, around the immune system. And it's so topical now because of viruses and more and more pandemics coming through. So we haven't seen the last of COVID and pandemics. There will be more pandemics. We know that. So physically, we need to be very strong and our immune system needs to keep adapting. That happens while you sleep. And then I love the the intersect between emotional intelligence and emotional states and sleep. And, you know, people often think, you know, and ask me, gee, Joni, you know, what are those EQ competencies that I should be learning both in my self-management and interpersonally? And I say, you know, if you sleep well, your hormones get balanced. So it actually balances your emotional states as well. So those are some of them, Karen. And, um, you know, we don't often link some of these things, but and we forego sleep for many other things, you know, finishing those emails, uh, you know, whatever, tidying up or, you know, getting children's lunch boxes ready the next day when actually children could be doing that themselves. We just seem to, some of us really do not prioritize the necessity of seven to eight hours sleep a night when so much of these uh, physiological, you know, aspects of our lives need to be repaired in our body. And in fact, most repair and restoring of your cells in your body happens while you're asleep. Absolutely. And, you know, just from a, I suppose, a vanity perspective or maybe perhaps a, a health perspective, what I've noticed within myself is if I don't sleep well, I have an amazing propensity to gain weight, regardless of keeping my my portions the same or my eating the same. You know, it's just, it's actually unbelievable. I've definitely noticed that pattern uh, lately that if I'm not getting a good night's sleep, I can literally gain almost a kilo almost overnight. I see that as well in myself. And I see, and as much as I'm aware of it, it just, you know, again, the body produces these damn hormones. So when you don't sleep well, you have excess ghrelin. It's such a terrible name. And I, you know, I'd laugh at it as much as I kind of think it's a terrible name. But ghrelin is, you know, just boosted in your body when you haven't slept and it makes you want to eat starchy, sugary things. And I know that fact, but I still think by 10 o'clock, gee, I just need a big thick slice of toast at the moment. So that's ghrelin. And then what happens if you haven't slept enough is leptin. You don't have enough leptin hormone in your body. And after that big thick slice of toast, I think, gee, you know, that certainly doesn't feel like I'm satiated. I think another slice of toast will have to do and I'm backwards and forwards to the blimmin' toaster. So if you haven't slept enough, you you gain weight because these hormonal changes are really real. And it's very hard to fight those with willpower. You know, when you're hungry, you're hungry. And when you're hungry, you become hangry. And that's not a good way to uh, get your day going. Absolutely. So, actually, I, one of my blogs that I had the most hits on was a blog I wrote a year or two ago. I should actually update it with the latest science. And the title was, Karen, Sleep Your Way to Being Thin. Because you can, you can really um, lose a few kilograms. There's been massive research on that, like 60,000 women in America, like huge, robust research on how they lost, uh, you know, they had obviously different cohorts. But women who slept consistently, seven to eight hours a night, and also let's remember consistently means that your circadian rhythm or your body clock is also consistent. You know, you're kind of really in and around the nine to 10 o'clock going to sleep 
and waking up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning or so. So you keep that kind of consistency, bedtime, wake up time and the number of hours and your body will honor you for that. Absolutely. So, so that leads me to my next question. You know, kind of how do we know we're actually getting a good night's rest? What are some of those indicators? Uh, you know, good old Socrates, knowing myself is the beginning of wisdom. How do you know that you're getting good quality sleep is that you wake up before the alarm. So you just wake up feeling refreshed. You wake up thinking, okay, gee, that's interesting. My alarm was supposed to go off at whatever, 6 a.m. And here I am at 5.20 and I feel jolly good. And I feel like, you know, there's five-year-olds that bounce under, out of bed and, you know, bounce onto your bed and you go, oh, my goodness gracious, why did they wake up so early? You, you have got the five-year-old in you. And that's what you want to feel like when you wake up. Then you know I've not only had the quantity of sleep, seven to eight hours, but I've had that deep stage four restorative sleep. When I open my eyes, I feel really good to go. And I have to say this morning, I thought, gee, I'm going to wake, I'm on holiday at the moment, and I'm going to wake up earlier than planned because I had something that I wanted to do on LinkedIn. And I thought, okay, I'm going to really set my alarm for five, which just sounds horrendous on holiday. And uh, I went to bed early last night. I read, I was relaxed. I mean, I'm having a lovely holiday. And my eyes, my peepholes opened at 4.33 and I went, hmm, that's interesting. The alarm was going to go off at 5. 4.33, that doesn't sound like a good number when you're on holiday. But I thought, I feel refreshed. This is, you know, I'm gaining 25 minutes. I'm going to get up, make myself some herbal tea and uh, read a book. And that's such a lovely way to start the day. It really is where you just think, gee, I've gained minutes that I wasn't planning on, but I feel terrific. That is your your um, barometer, Karen, is that you wake up feeling terrific. We are designed to feel like that. Absolutely. And I think most of us actually don't. And I remember there's a, there's a saying or a meme that has done the rounds of late, you know, that mothers must be part of some insane experiment on how to function on as little low quality sleep as possible. And I think we've all had that feeling. And obviously, it's not only unique to to mothers, but new parents, because I mean, we don't get any sleep pretty much or you know it's, it's very low quality sleep that we're getting on that what is your view on this are we designed to kind of cope with that for a certain period of our lives or you know how do we how do we actually do it how do we recover then from this couple of years of of sleep deprivation oh it is horrendous it really is a horrible insane experiment i love the way you phrase that I say to young mothers, this too shall pass. You will recover from it. My youngest daughter is 22 now, Kieran, and she used to wake me up eight times a night. I can remember those days vividly, and I can remember thinking, gee, I'm going to just drag my knuckles through these days physically, mentally. It just They were dreadful. But of course, they do pass. And your question is a, a really good pertinent question. Do we recover? Yes, we do recover. We never forget, but we certainly do recover. And um, I often be, I'm often asked these questions, and I've actually got six very quick tips that I like to give young mothers. Um, all people, as you say, it's not even young mothers, there may be other things happening in your home um, where you've got someone sick that you're having to look after them or something else happening. But if we'd stick to young mothers, do say to young mothers, um, in fact, they should have this conversation with their spouse-to-be before they get married. Will you co-parent? Will you alternate night duties? <laughs> because that's tip number one. I would absolutely, I'll give them a course on negotiation. They need to negotiate alternating night duties. The second thing, and this really should be all of us, whether we've got young children or not, is catch a power nap during the day when your baby does. 
And I have taught my 22 and 24-year-old daughters how to power nap. And they say, mum, that is the greatest resilience tip you have ever given us is a 20-minute power nap or a 90-minute power nap. And in our home, when they're back home, they will often say, I'm off to power nap. It's a 20-minute one or a 90-minute. Those are the only two time schedules you should have for a power nap, 20 minutes or 90 minutes. And in fact, Kieran, we're going to have other Steep Your Way to the Top podcasts. I will teach people how to power nap. It is a, such a weapon in your arsenal. The third tip I give young mums is, um, and this is also for all of us, and I do this for myself, is I keep the lights very low when I get up to go to the loo at night or if I get up to, you know, tend to someone who's sick in my home. And I've actually done some research with um, ophthalmologists who say put red light bulbs in your bedside lamps. It sounds like the red light district and we're sleeping our way to the top. But actually, that's a good idea is if you do need to turn a light on, you don't want a bright fluorescent, you know, bathroom light going on. Actually, I have a little trick. I put my mobile phone torch on and I half cover it with my hand. So it's kind of red. (laughs) And I, you know, tiptoe my way to the bathroom or to a next bedroom to see if someone's okay. The fourth tip I give um, mums is around the coffee. Again, that's for all of us. No coffee after lunch. No coffee tea or green tea for eight hours before you go to bed. That should be a, a rule for all of us. Um, even if you metabolize coffee well. And then stick to your regular bedtimes. If you've got young kids or you're nursing people so that your body clock stays on track, as we said earlier. And then the last tip I give people, and it's actually, it's a serious tip. And we may, you know, chat about this as well in forthcoming podcasts in a bit more detail. But, um, you know, you need to farm out those children to grandparents or best friends for a real break. I always say the first night is just the catch-up night for a few hours of good sleep. The second night is the real night of passion. Take those lingerie little um, slip-ons that you've got and have a night of passion with your spouse. We really need to, it's a terribly difficult time um, having young children. I'm watching my stepson and stepdaughter with their four-year-old and two-year-old and my heart goes out to them. They're running huge businesses, both of them independently. And um, they're battling and I'm saying, give those children to me and I will look after them. And you need a couple of nights of rest, recuperate and then passion, restore the passion in your relationship. We forget about that with young children. Absolutely. It does tend to to go out the window and especially especially these days, because typically, and I know this sounds very gender biased, but, you know, typically women are stepping into into bigger roles at the moment. So we're carrying equal if not more responsibility at work but we still seem to be carrying the same amount of responsibility in the home and I think most women are just absolutely exhausted and can't understand why we don't have this vitality for life and then of course the prescription is me time which consists of maybe a candle at bath and that's just it's just not enough to restore anyone's soul is it? No it's not and I'm, I'm really when I'm I very often coach couples um, through tricky times. And I'm, I'm saying to more and more couples now, it should be a standard Friday night or Sunday night, whatever you choose, but kind of your end of the week, have a clearing conversation. Have like this week, I didn't have enough me time or this week, I didn't feel the duties were fair. You know, so every, so you don't let things build up to a crescendo, but you, some of those things we think, gee, on Tuesday, I should have said something, but oh, it was so trivial. I just let it go. It should be like, you know, a Friday night glass of wine, Let's just kind of absolutely clear some of the the little niggles that rose up during the week. And you're absolutely right. It is a bit of, you know, gender specific at the moment, but I'm seeing it more and more women, 
you're really holding the can, huge, huge job, but still at home, not negotiating fair and equitable duties. It's, it's, um, it's crazy. Absolutely. So now you have a, a new program out, Bounce Forward, and this in itself has an interesting background. I remember you telling me that your model for this program emerged during actually your COVID recovery period. So could you tell us a little bit more about this model and, and how you use this? You know, you've spoken a lot about the work that you do with couples and obviously in teams, this would also be, have great applications. But explain to me a little bit more about your Bounce Forward model and how this actually came to, to be. Yeah, it's just so interesting often. And I think it's a, it's a good learning lesson for all of us. In reflection, I've been reflecting on, gee, how some things happen in a flow but you actually in the moment don't realize that it's flow. You know, you kind of look backwards and then join the dots. And yeah, recovering from COVID, I took quite seriously that a friend of mine said, Joni, just surrender because it's not in my personality to surrender. I push through, I've got great grit, which is really fairly often a liability and not an asset. I get stuff done and I'm going to, you know, just push through this horrible Delta COVID. But I came across a book on Buddhism and my late husband had bought it about 15 years ago and I was staying in a spare bedroom in our home and, you know, looking at a bookshelf that I don't often look at. And I found this book on Buddhism and I thought, just I'm curious, let me read that. And then I do have a curious mindset. So I started to Google what was the oldest Buddhism symbol. And um, I thought, gee, this is fascinating. It's got right mindfulness, right action, right speech. And it had eight struts with um, all of these kind of life um, memes, really. And I looked at the assessments that we do within resilience and bounce forward. And I thought they all just fit like a you know, hand in a silk glove. So it was so lovely. So that was just a moment of flow that I wasn't expecting. And then I started to realize in doing some research around the symbol and research around rebranding, Karen, that when I talk to people about the business that we run called Resilient People, people don't get it. So I explain it always that we need to be bouncing forward, not bouncing back. If you think about trauma, loss, and issues that we're even dealing with, you know, with the war in the Ukraine now and geopolitical issues, we've, we're never going to be the same. It's always going to be bounce forward. So we learn from adversity and challenges and even taking risks and op opportunities. So that's how it was all born. And um, we're all thrilled with the, the rebrand that the fantastic designer did. And that led me to, okay, let me do some more work online now. You know how you get on a roll and you get so excited about what you do. And uh, I started being asked a lot of questions about the sleep your way to the top. So we've designed a course, which is 10 modules. They're very short. They're very funky. A little video you watch, a downloadable PDF, a sleep diary you can fill in, um, some little science, um, very simple maths. You can work out certain things about your sleep. And uh, we've got that on offer as a sleep course. And it's how to eat, how to uh, move, and other lifestyle habits to really, really maximize good quality sleep. So that was all birthed out of the silver lining of getting that dreadful COVID delta that I had last July. It's fantastic. That's just a, a great example again, how you can, you know, really transform that adversity into something positive if you just kind of switch that mindset. Uh, in that moment and really look forward. But Joni, I'd like to thank you. We've really touched on a, a few elements to frame our future conversations in our Sleep the, sleep Your Way to the Top series. And I'm so looking forward to part two in which we'll discuss obviously the latest research in a lot, lot more detail. 
And just a reminder to to those that are listening to part one of us, you're currently listening to part one of our Sleep Your Way to the Top series, and it's called Bounce Forward with Ease. And in the series, we're introducing some key facts around the importance of sleep as providing a springboard to bouncing forward. In part two, Joni and I are going to be talking around the latest research on sleep and looking at deepening our understanding on sleep based on that. Part three, we then discuss sleep hygiene. And Joni, I know you are incredibly passionate about sleep hygiene and what we actually need to put in place to have this great night's sleep. Um, and part four, things to do in the bedroom. So Joni, I think you know this um, is part of our innuendo, but there are specific things that we're needing to do in the bedroom to make sure that we're going to set ourselves up for that good night's sleep, for that high quality rest. Um, and then finally, a tour of the blue light district in part five, where we start looking at um, you know the the effects of blue light and what that has on us and how we can obviously restrict that. And I know you've mentioned earlier the effect of light on us, and we'll explore that in different ways. And then, of course, part six, just rounding out with how we actually fuel our bodies for that good night's sleep. Those of you that listened to Joni's podcast previously, she is quite key on on nutrition as well, but making it really practical that we're not spending hours in the kitchen food prepping, that we really are fueling ourselves, but in easy and practical ways to do that. And then Joni, you've mentioned briefly your your program that you run. And absolutely, there's a Sleep Sleep is Your Superpower 10 module online course with a video, downloadable PDFs and tricks to to sort out your sleep issues. And you have called it Eat, Move and Other Lifestyle Tricks to Make Your Sleep Your Superpower. What a lovely name. Because they're short and easy and they're little biohacks and we all need short and easy things we can integrate into our everyday lives. Absolutely. So thank you, Joni. It is important just to add here, just our disclaimer, that Joni is not a medical professional and we are in no way providing medical advice. We are really sharing and Joni is sharing her knowledge based on the latest research and, of course, her bounce forward model for sustained resilience. And please remember that before starting any new health regime to always consult your doctor first. Joni, thank you so much for joining me. I am looking forward to recording episode two. Great. Thank you so much, Karen.